So what's up? Welcome everyone to the first episode of Cinematic Minds. Here we will serve as a centralized platform for brief reviews of film and TV programs that involve people of color. Unlike other podcasts, we will also provide insight into the career of a specific filmmaker or artist of color during each episode. This podcast is for film and TV fans who enjoy listening to a good discussion on both current and classics, while also learning about entry points into the entertainment industry as a person of color. We are a bit unique on this podcast. We are three brothers that share varied perspectives spread across 12-year age gap. These varied perspectives lead to great discussions that involve our humor, insight, passion, and insider entertainment industry knowledge. I am one of your hosts, Ed Hollingsworth, and I'll be joined by my two younger brothers, Theo and Malcolm. On this episode, our very first one, we'll discuss the film, The Harder They Fall. And then we deep dive into the career of actor, Jonathan Majors. I'd like to address a few notes before we start this episode. First, I'd like to apologize for the sound quality on my end. This was our first episode, and I unfortunately forgot to plug in my mic. It won't happen again. Also, we'd like to do a quick shout out to our mother and father, Denise and Ed Hollingsworth Sr. We literally would not be here without you two. Thanks for being the best mom and dad three sons could ever have. We love you, mom and dad. Okay, let's get started. We hope you enjoy the show. But first, let's groove to this nice music provided by our musical curator, my bruh, DJ Chuck D. Let's go. So with this being our first ever podcast, um, we'd like to do some brief introductions. I'll start off by introducing myself. My name is Ed, I'm the oldest brother. I am 39. I reside uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, actually right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and Decatur, Decatur where it's greater. And I am a project manager for a logistics and transportation industry. Hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Theo. I'm 34. And um, yeah, I live here in the Bay Area um, in Oakland, California. Um, my day job, I work for a major animation studio. Um, located in Emeryville, California. Um, and by night, I am a uh, independent filmmaker, make a lot of uh, content for the web and write and uh, yeah. Yo, it's goody. Um, this is Malcolm. Uh, I'm the youngest brother, the most live brother of the bunch. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'll be uh, moving to Denver shortly, but currently I'm in Detroit. Um, and I'm a digital consultant. And yeah, thanks for joining us, y'all. Ready to get into uh, this review. So first movie we'll be discussing is The Harder They Fall. Um, we chose this movie. It wasn't too scientific. It uh, recently just came on out here in uh, November of 2021 on Netflix. And it was a pretty exciting premiere um, and a pretty great cast. So um, I may be a little bit selfish on why I thought it would be a good idea. Um, maybe it wasn't as diplomatic as uh, we hoped for these uh, 
decisions to be, but the cast alone um, was pretty impressive. So just to read off uh, just some of the headliners, Jonathan Majors, Zazie Beats, RJ Seiler, Bill Pickett. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Edie Gethaki, um, Damon Wayans Jr., oh, yeah. Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, a gentleman named Idris Elba, Delroy Lindo, Dion Cole, and the cast goes on. And this was actually also produced by Jay-Z, um, which was actually listed as, I'm sorry, Sean Carter. Um, so we thought this would be a good opportunity, again, with us wanting to showcase um, people of color um, that are contributing in Hollywood. Um, this would be an excellent opportunity. Um, so maybe we'll just kind of kick this on off. Uh, maybe I'll start with Steve Theo. Can you maybe just kind of tell us about what was your first maybe experience watching this movie? Where'd you see it at? And what was your first impressions and what your initial thoughts on that were? Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I watched it on Netflix. Um, I think probably like the day or, or, or a couple of days after it came out. Um, I'd known about it for a while. Um, I was excited for it. I saw like a trailer for it. And I, I had like remembered seeing years ago, like the director did like a short film version, a short film. Um, and it I also had it. like, yeah, it huh. also had like hella uh, like stars in it. Erica Badu is in it. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. I always like known about this stuff. Yeah, There's like a short film version of it that came out a couple of years ago. So I went rewatched that um, with the wife. And so like, I was already like amped for it. You know, it reminded me like, and seeing it, I was like, oh, cool. I haven't seen like a black cowboy movie. I think the first one that comes to mind is like Posse. Um, so it was, oh, exciting, yeah. to yeah. it was exciting to see it. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, like I had like really um, like I was I was pretty hopeful about it. Uh, like, you know, I was like uh, pretty optimistic that it was going to be something I, I dug. And like, I think first few minutes in, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, the I am so excited for this. Uh you know, like, I, I think things that stuck out for me are, like, um, like whenever they do, like, uh, cool stuff in movies where there's, like, heavy, heavy like, kind of titling, um, you know, like, and they did yeah. that. They did, it, they did that inside of, like, the the scene where, like... Suicide? Suicide yeah. Squad? Yeah. Well, they do that a lot. I think Quentin Tarantino does that a lot. It kind of gave me Quentin Tarantino vibes. Even kind of? Uh, kind of? Yeah, so I was like, and I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, so I was like, yeah, like, I mean, this is like a black I mean, Tarantino movie. I had to like, say that. Not, I was like, I was gonna, no, yeah. I thought I thought particularly two things in particular. I thought Quentin Tarantino, but Jay-Z, right? Or, uh, But also I thought it was like Tombstone, which is a favorite one of mine, but I thought it was like Black Tombstone, which yeah. is kind of like a bunch of cowboys looking real cool for kind of almost like modern coolness to them but it's in the old days i don't know yeah yeah um but again so, they had posse vibes though too exactly so yeah man i was like yes i was super hyped for it i really enjoyed it you know i watched it again a second time so i could kind of take some notes for the podcast and stuff and now i'm like uh, and and it was good seeing it a second time because i did i was able to kind of like see things like without like the rose colored colored lenses and kind of really break down and analyze it so you know yeah problematic yeah. uh or some areas that had problems or whatever for the most part i still was like yo this is great um music to me uh was amazing um i think oh, amazing. Added, added element to me like 
Honestly, Amazing. Like I'm, I'm in a, like some Facebook groups online that like were picking apart the movie. And one guy was like, oh, my God, why did they use reggae music? That is not that is not cowboy Relax. music. And I was like, Relax. I don't know. Like I, I, it gave me I, it gave me even though it was reggae, it gave me um, cowboy like Western vibes. Yeah. And it was Buffalo very soldier. Yeah, it was very like yeah. I was back and forth. Like, did they actually like completely score this from scratch? Because some of this shit works so well, it's specific to this movie. Uh, yeah. But then there were songs that I heard that I was like, oh, no, I think I've heard that before. So I think they did a mix of like kind of scoring some very specific stuff and like pulling some some great like old school tracks that like just worked well with it. Uh, acting was acting was solid. Um, love all of the actors in it. They kind of got like the it black actors uh, of this time period, you know. <laughs> And it was like, it, you know, I was watching and I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not like an actor in Hollywood after watching this movie. Because I was watching it like, man, I wish they had called me for this. How did I not hear about the audition? It's like, I don't even I don't even act. But like, <laughs> imagine if you were like freaking Denzel's son. With the, Denzel's son's like in everything now, too. Imagine him watching yeah. that like, oh, cool. Like, I would have <laughs> I would have killed it. Oh, Denzel's son, I think he's doing all right. He's doing yeah. all right. He's doing all right. But you know there was like hella black actors in Hollywood that were salty. Like, well, yo, come on. Here's, here's, they should have called me for this. First of all, here's the deal. All right. And, and I got a project prediction that Jay-Z is going to end up becoming a super producer. Because you know that every... All right, I don't know, but I assume that every almost every black actor that called and it was like, "Hey, you want to uh, work on this Jay Z movie with Idris Elba and Regina King?" I bet you everybody was like, "Yes." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whether they thought it was a good movie or not, it's just kind of like, "All right, cool, yeah, I want to do that." I know I would. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, hey, you're just gonna have a scene as one extra. I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah, man. So it was great. I I loved it. Um, I have definitely a lot of things to say, but. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was my first impression. What, what, what about yours, Malcolm? Um, so to be honest, I thought it was going to be hella boring. I had like no intentions of watching this movie. What? Wow. You, cool. you texted me, uh, and Theo was like, yeah, this movie's dope. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. If Theo thinks it's good, I guess I'll give it a shot. I mean, I don't know. I just don't really like Westerns that much typically. I mean, the Back to the Future when they were in the out west was like my least favorite Back to the Future. Oh, that um, sucks. Yeah, I think it's yeah. everybody. I think it's everybody's least favorite Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I didn't really know what to expect, but um, but like uh yeah, it was good. It was I thought it was ever, like I thought it was dope. You ever seen Tombstone? Nah, I haven't. I haven't. So, uh, if I your frame of reference for Western <laughs> movies is the Back to the Future Western one. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, like, understandably. Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah. like not even a Western movie at all. That's just like it I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean Tombstone is definitely a, a good one. You should definitely West Westworld, that wasn't hitting to me either. Oh, I mean yeah. So that's I didn't know what to expect. You know? Yeah, you <laughs> keep you keep watching sci-fi movies <laughs> with a western, a hint of western, and thinking that those are western movies, and that's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but you know, it started off hot and it was like, oh, okay, so it like got me like you know, uh really um interested in it immediately. Like just the way it started off was just like, oh, it started off with a bang. And then yeah, I was watching it with like uh, my homie Celia, whenever we were like kicking it in Chicago this past weekend, and um, no, 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 bro, you bury in the lead. You was in Chicago next to what house? 
Oh yeah, next to the Shameless House. Yeah, we were like a couple <laughs> houses down from the Shameless House. So yeah, for real. Scary. So, it was yeah. scary, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so. I mean, we we're both hype about it, and like you, like y'all were saying, like the t- it had a really Tarantino vibe, especially like that, like first scene where like dude comes out guns blazing, uh, like you know, avenging you know his his family and stuff, and like he shoots dude and he flies back like ten feet feet. We're like, was this made by Quentin Tarantino? And then we looked mm-hmm. it up, and then we saw it was uh directed by another dude um but yeah i mean it was good I, it was kind of hard for us to follow at times uh you know i i had to like kind of rewind it a Me few too. times and really knew what was like like Me what too. was happening it all came again kept, came together in the end uh which was good uh we had a dope soundtrack you know um dope cast um i didn't know everybody else was in that movie like um uh, so that was good. It was good. Yeah. So, um, you know, my first impressions all in all were that it was, it was hype and it won me over immediately, uh, not having very high expectations. Cool, man. So I, I came at it different. So, you know, I be nerding out on all the movies and actually I love looking at trailers. So I saw the trailer come across and it was like Idris Elba, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield. All right. And then it had a cool soundtrack and it looked cool. And then it was like produced by Jay-Z. So, like, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm okay with Westerns, but I just was, like, off GP, I was, like, off those stats right there. I'm, like, I don't care what the plot is, but it was Idris Elba, Regina King, Lakeith Stanfield, look cool, sounded cool in the talent soundtrack and produced by Jay-Z. I'm in. Period. And it was on my radar. And uh, it met my expectations. So, yeah, watching on Netflix at the crib with the wife, uh, Rhonda, and uh, she loved it as well. And um, I, I, I had a great experience. I loved it. <laughs> but enjoyed it on the on the rewatch and again i think it looked cool i thought the soundtrack was excellent um i've been listening to it a lot um i love the cast i thought they all performed and um i think there's going to be a lot of things in the store i look to see what more i mean i gotta be honest I, I know what a lot of the cast has already had to bring um what i look forward more to is what this director's got in the future and being all Real, I'm biased. I'm, I'm a Jay-Z fan, but I want to see what Sean Carter's got in the future as a producer. Um, I think he's going to kill it in this like he's killed it in everything else. And so I think it's worth actually mentioning the director's name. Um, his name is Jaime Samuel. Um, is Jaime? I, yeah, I mean, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Oh, bro. See, see, look, that's why yeah. we got you on this podcast, and, man. And, uh, and then, I mean, looking at, like, you know, if you Google him, it looks like the last film he came out with was They Die by Dawn, which was a short film I was talking about from back in the day with like Erica Badu in it. And it was another black Western and it was just a short film. Um, it came out in 2013. So it's like, I feel like that was kind of a proof of concept for this. Um, also, exactly, fun fact, exactly what it was. Yeah. Also, fun fact. So he's a musician. He's a producer as well. And brother of Grammy Award winning musician Seal. That makes sense. He looks just like Seal. I was like, where have I seen this guy before? This is Man. the director is all right. I hope I'm not. He kind of he kind of looks like Seal. The director is Seal. He's like Jay Z and Seal had a brother. Time <laughs> had out. A kid. Time out. This movie was directed by Seal's brother. Kiss yeah. from Rose. Seal. Yeah. There Did y'all know that Seal and I got this one of the bangers in my opinion. Um, Seal has a song on the soundtrack. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, the woman. I don't think I got the song right, but 
Oh yeah, I'm. I listen gotta go to back. I, I listened to the soundtrack while I was running the other day. I was like, "Wow!" I actually listened to the soundtrack before I watched the movie. And I was like, "This." Me did. Wow. I did too. I think we. Te- I, I actually I think we all texted each other. Yeah, <laughs> this joint slaps. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. So again, yeah. I think I think Jay's doing what Beyonce did with uh, the Lion King soundtrack and what Kendrick did with the Black Panther soundtrack, right? But again, if you think about it, he actually did it a while ago, um, a decade ago almost um, a decade plus ago with American Gangster. So, all right, guys. So uh, <clears throat> maybe Malcolm, how about you start off with this? Uh, what was your, you think was like the best scene or the funniest scene or what's the one that kind of really just sticks with you? Um, I thought it was dope whenever uh, they um, like took over the train, like uh, that train scene, uh, whenever, um, they 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 broke out Idris Alba. Um, I thought it was just kind of really really smooth and tactical, like how they just like went about like taking over the train, like you know. And I just think that that was just like a really really uh, just kind of really well drawn out scene. How they did that, how they took it over, how they just broke him out, and it was just like at the end, Idris Alba was like, "All right." who can drive this? And he was like, all right, cool. Kill everybody else. And he just like walks off just like all nonchalant. Um, yeah. <laughs> that scene, I thought that scene was really, really dope. And, no, I like the slow motion of it. Yeah. The music and the visual was real cute. The visuals were really cool because you're looking at the bullets all going and it seemed like when he was walking, he was just missing people like shooting and hitting each other and kicking each other. So yeah, I thought that was like a really cool shot. Um, not even with Idris Elba, but just like, I thought, I thought it was, all right. I thought it was a scene in three parts. It was pretty much like, if you ask me, it started off and it was like Regina King. She was stunning, right? Mm-hmm. She did the little hand finger thing like Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she got them all in there, right? Next, Lakeith came in there. Yeah, Lakeith. He was like, little dude, what's up, man? You don't, you don't want this. Right. Yeah, you don't want to smoke. <laughs> Dude, man, Cherry <laughs> King Bill, right? Yeah. I always love Lakeith. I thought Lakeith was so cool in this. Never raised his voice, right? Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was just so smooth, right? And then third, did it, you know, once they got Idris out, then Idris ended up doing his thing. So I just felt like it was like a great, like, bad guy gang introduction. Um, yeah. Um, in three parts. And again, I mean, not to get too far ahead with it, but I was already telling Rhonda, I was like, I like the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, those dudes are cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. Every time they went back to like the good guys or whatever, I was like, man, like, can we like kick a good more screen time <laughs> to screen, uh, screen time that Idris and his gang is like they be on some stuff. I was trying to see like like Keith like Stanfield run through like a couple more people like the same way. It kind of, it kind of reminded me of, like that Sherlock Holmes movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Jr where basically in like the one scene in the movie, he like dissects like, like everybody, the dude's movements and like, you know, kicks his ass. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. This is what the whole movie's going to be like. He's going to do this like four more times. And I'm like, it never <laughs> happens again. And I was just like, oh man, I wish he would have like done that. Like some more, I was ready for more of that. And that's kind of like what I felt like was in the movie. I was like, I was ready for, for, uh, Lakeith Stanfield to do that a couple of more times, but you know, it's all good. Yeah. Somebody else had pointed out when I was watching with my homie, he pointed that out too. Like Loki, like Lakeith Stanfield's character inside of that scene, he his introduction was really dope, cool dude. And he does that knife shit. And you're like, oh shit, he's gonna be doing that. But it's like, yeah. oh, every other time Lakeith Stanfield's character, like 
kill somebody, he's kind of like cheat killing them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, think, I, think, I think it's on purpose. I think that was his yeah. thing. Yeah. But, that was but, like, but he didn't cheat. I mean, but like the knife shit was cool. The yeah. other time he just like <laughs> shoot, he just like shot people and it was yeah. just like, oh, okay. But yeah, I agree. I think that that scene is like, I think, I mean, they use that in the trailer too. Like hard all around, like the way, oh, um, you guys got to probably, I don't know if you guys peeped it, but the way they introduce that scene, they have uh, Regina King and uh, they're walking by the train, right? And if you look on the train, the train says C.A. Bozeman, right? It just looks like it's the name of the train. But that's and that's a tribute to Chadwin, Chadwick A. Bozeman. Uh, oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah so that was, a little, that was a little Easter egg that they threw in there. Um, and yeah, like, I've, I don't think I've seen, like, I mean, Idris Elba's character freaking kills it like that the best intro ever for uh for anybody the one thing that that tripped me up with regina king in it i don't know if you guys had a problem with it but like she was like her accent was kind of throwing me off a little bit in that first scene like i can't I wasn't sure, right. I wasn't sure if it was like a dialect, a southern dialect I had never heard before, or if she just might not be good at southern accents. Like she's from, <laughs> she's from like SoCal. Like I don't know. Don't you like, dare say nothing about Regina King. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, that was kind of throwing me off. But um, I I also could like the thing about Regina King sometimes, especially in that voice or whenever she was in that character. I, I hear Riley from the Boondocks because you know she was the voice, and I was yeah. like, oh, I can hear Riley in this a little bit. Like, uh, it was a little weird, uh, but like other than, but it wasn't a problem the rest of the, the the movie. But it was just that one scene. I was like a little thrown off by her accent, and then the last thing, Idris Elba, go back and watch because he's supposed to be in like I guess he was just kept in a cage and he had his prison suit on. But I was watching it and I was like. That prison jacket's kind of fly, though. Like, <laughs> I would wear that. Like, that, I mean, that yeah. Like he kept Dutch. it on for a hot minute. Uh, after he did. He got off. Until yeah. he whooped yeah. Deion Cole. Right. Yeah. I thought he got fresh, though, when he got that red velvet on and the black. I was like, dang, all right. But yeah. He had- all right. So I think you kind of told us some of your favorite scenes, right, Theo? Or did you have some other ones that you wanted to share? Oh, no, no. I, that, well, I, that was still. That was still Malcolm's favorite scene. I was <laughs> the scene that came. The scene that came to me off top. Probably my probably my favorite scene is the um, Maysville. So I'm gonna call this scene the May- Maysville, the White Town. So it's whenever oh, yeah, Jonathan dope. Jonathan Major and like uh, has to go rob a bank, uh, and he brings along like this little black lesbian. I, I don't even know if she's a lesbian. Clearly a tomboy. I wouldn't say <laughs> but like she was like she's like hesitant to wear a dress, but she has to wear a dress. And then they go into like a white. They go into a white town, which I love the art direction of it because it was literally a Cuffy. white white town. Cuffy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cuffy. dude. Cuffy yeah. was whooping butt, man. Right, and I was honestly like, I watched that scene again, and I was like, oh shit, like, um, I. I think she might be my favorite actress in this whole thing. Like even more, like I like Jonathan Majors, but his character was kind of whatever. Um, and I don't know, like out of everybody, I feel like she killed it in that scene the most, the way she kind of flips from being kind of like, just like chill, 
laid back, like, but you whoop ass. And then in that scene, she's just like, open the fucking safe. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Well, I feel, like she, I, feel, I feel like she did that like several times in the movie, like that first introduction too, right? The first introduction to her, you're like, wait, you don't need to mess with her. And she's kind of super chill. And then one of those dudes tries her and then she pulls out like a freaking, you know, uh, knuckle, uh, you know, knuckle brace or whatever have you. Uh, and like knocks those dudes out. So I feel like Cuffy kept on kind of like, she's getting underestimated and then she knocks some dudes out and stuff. Yo, that scene was sick though. And it actually reminded me of a scene. I don't know if y'all seen like the 1967 <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde with the uh, Faye Dunaway, Warren Beatty, uh, and no, uh, I haven't. Gene, Mr. Gene I'm but very yeah, familiar with it. it, it yeah. All the way so through. basically, Bonnie and Clyde like run up in like a similar like type town in a similar looking bank, and like they completely just like botch it, and and it just kind of just cracked me <laughs> up because like like they just so elegantly like ran through it in like this movie, and I was just like, man, this is what Bonnie and Clyde should have did, and they would have had no problems. But yeah, that yeah. That, that scene was. was I did like I saw I kind of really like Jonathan Majors in that scene as well. Though, I thought he was pretty smooth. He had this gun mm-hmm. like two dudes. He was like, hey, look, so blue eyes. Like, look, you're scared. Your arm's <laughs> shaking. I'm good. So you're gonna miss. I'm not. So <laughs> just take, yeah, take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> And then I, I kind of, I think I missed it the first time, but I caught it the second time. He like looked down at the ground. He was kind of like, yeah, so put your gun down. And then dude under the city was like, all right, I'm good. And then they just kind of like handled it after that. And so I do agree with you. I was like, that's kind of like the world's easiest like bank robbery ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was definitely, kind of, you had to suspend the even more disbelief because it was like the second they opened up the bank, it was like, all right, y'all clearly don't belong here. Everybody's looking around at you. And then, <laughs> and then you still proceed to easily rob this bank. And, you know, like, like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the plot, like, I don't know, like it was some some shit I was poking holes in probably small things, but like, you know, the whole point of him robbing Jonathan Major's character, uh, Nat, Nat Love robbing the bank is that like um, you know, they wanted they basically Idris Alba's character was like, I need somebody to rob this bank, but I don't want to have my fingerprints on it. So you're going to do it and you're going to show your face there. And so he did that, but he took it like too far. He was like, as he's leaving, he's like, my name's Nat Love and remember this face. And I was like, hey, like you could have, you could have just said any fake name. It didn't have to be your real name. Like, dude, like you could have, you know what I mean? Like it didn't, yeah. it, don't be, don't have it be Idris Alba's character's name, but like you could have just said anything. You were really taking this dude at his word. Like, so that, that kind of tripped me up, but like, Badass scene, um, I think second. I mean, the train scene is obviously everybody's first scene, but like <laughs> yeah. this, this that bank robbery, the way that they pulled it off, and that was Cuffy's moment to shine. Like I was like, yeah, I fuck with her. Yeah. I think she's gonna be probably a new breakout. I hadn't seen her in anything before this, but I was like, oh, like she's actually like and she's. I was looking them up. Her up. Of <laughs> she don't people. look like that in real life. Yeah. 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 She's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she's kind of thin, like. In real life, I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is some range for her. Yeah, me and Rhonda looked her up, too. <laughs> yeah. like, all, right, all right, Cuffy. Okay. I mean, all right. So we need, we need to give her her, her respect. Uh, her, what is the actress's name? Danielle Deadwire. Oh, uh, okay. Danielle Deadwire. I'm excited to yeah, see more so, Danielle Deadwire. Yeah, she was in what, The Devil to Pay Lemon Cassidy. Gifted. She was in Watchmen. Was she? 
in P Valley. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. So, oh, she was in Atlanta. All right. So she's been a little. She's been at some things. Okay. Greenleaf. Being Mary Jane. Okay. So she's been staying busy. All right. So, um, <clears throat> my favorite scene, just to kind of keep it brief. Um, I guess I would say I just kind of like the introduction of of the gang. So, you know, that kind of whole opening sequence when you kind of had the very, very first scene when Idris Elba's character comes in there and um, kills Nat Love and Idris's father. Um, and uh, But then it going into grown-up Nat Love and him killing the Scorpion guy and then it transitioned into you seeing... Um, the introduction of his gang guys, right? I thought uh, R.J. Seiler, I really liked him in this. And then the other brother who's, I said his name earlier, but I, it's tough for me to pronounce. I think he was like in the X-Men movie and seeing him some things. So it was cool kind of seeing like um, <clears throat> that whole just kind of opening maybe 10, 15 minutes um, before they did get to the train scene. I thought that whole kind of first sequence was pretty cool in particular. So. All right. Um, Breakout star, right? Is there anyone that y'all would kind of say was a, was a breakout star? And, and here's how I kind of, my impression of breakout star. And, and, and I bring this one up because your definition of what breakout star may be different, right? So as I define breakout star as someone that like maybe before coming into this wasn't on my radar for what they do in this. And then, but after watching this, I'm like, oh, wait, okay. I got my honest person. Like, I think, I think they're going to, maybe I will put some stock in them. Um, if I was going to start off, I'd probably say, I'd honestly probably say Dion Cole. And yeah, I've seen Dion Cole in his comedic parts. Uh, it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say he was like an Oscar person and stuff, but I think it was a good different, um, viewpoint to see Dion Cole, um, as a mayor with the gold tooth getting whooped, but, um, uh, also that beat. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. Come like, all right, you know, Deontay, kind of, you know, um, not just limiting yourself to the to the comedic range. You know, it's cool to kind of see him. So, um, um, you know, he may have a future, right? He'd be a good bad guy, right? I think he he really could if he wanted to. And I thought the one kind of funny scene was when you initially saw him, like the first intro, he was cutting that state, and he was like, "Yeah, so he leave." <laughs> Before I finish my state, you like, oh man, this dude. Yeah, massive. I think that's my shows- that's that's my top three. I think it goes the train scene, the white town, <laughs> and him, him like them them setting you up to think that he's already telling off Idris Alba's character just to, <laughs> just to see that he's like practicing. Yeah, that was that was great. And then it didn't get whooped. <laughs> it's like whoa. And that's one thing I was telling Ronda. I was like, is this his only scene? <laughs> I hope this ain't his only scene. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he survived that. So thank God. But I was like, man, I was happy to see Dion in this. So I'm, I was glad to see that one his only scene. He looked uh, dead at the end of it. I, I was asking too. I was like, <laughs> dead? I was like, yeah, he looked dead. And he just brought that gun and pistol up to man. Oh my God. Yeah, that was kind of cheap. What about you guys? Um, I had... Uh, CJ, I mean RJ Siler, um, as you know, dude that played Jim Beckworth. I thought that his character was dope. Uh, I had never seen that dude before. 
He's probably the only person in the film that was younger than me. Uh, there's a bunch of old heads like y'all's age in it and stuff, and, and plus. Um, but yeah, he was good, man. He had a uh-huh. he had a lot of charisma. He was funny. <laughs> he was funny. Yeah, man. Like I was sad to see him go out the way he did as abruptly as he did. I was expecting um, that was some bullshit. I pre- Rondo, Rondo tell you that I predicted it right at the beginning. Right at the beginning yeah. when he was trying to stunt and do too much at Cherry Bill, I was like, Rondo, um, he's really cool and he's doing too much and he's young and he's brash. He's gonna die. <laughs> and he's gonna die trying to be like, you know, he, you know he's gonna be better than somebody and he's still gonna die in a way and it's gonna hurt your feelings. I know. I honestly like I it's it's uh, it's not surprising that you gravitate towards uh, him, Malcolm, being the youngest. He is like the youngest by far in this. Um, <laughs> I knew, I mean, and it's like I wanted to like that character more, but anytime they showed him, he was just doing dumbass or saying dumbass <laughs> shit. Although, <laughs> although I thought it was hilarious whenever uh like she Cuffy? the Cuffy's like taking <laughs> off her dress. He's like, I was like, whoa, thank, thank God. I thought I was I thought I was falling in love with the boy. Oh wait, I was, I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one. Oh, I'm so, yeah, yeah, you're the only one, dude. I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. I guess RJ's character might be, uh, or Jim Beckford might be a little gay or whatever, but that was, that was hilarious. Yeah, uh, that he got his like star on that. I mean, honestly, I already talked about her. I think my my breakout for this film is Danielle Deadwyther. She was hands down yeah. the like. And it was kind of like this weird, I was looking at all their ages weirdly. I'm like fascinated by like actors' ages and everybody in it is either like 50 or older or like RJ, who's like 25 um, uh, or like super young. And she was like the one person in my age range. Lakeith's like your age. Lakeith is younger than me. Zazie's younger than me. Jonathan's younger than me. So I'm like, oh, damn, like I'm feeling old now. Danielle dead <laughs> Oh, so it's either they were 50 or way younger than you. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, all right, Danielle, she's been in the game enough. But I would say I was surprised to see Edie Gathigi. He's Bill Pickett. He played the like Thank sniper. you. You do it way better than me. Yeah, yeah I like to. I, yeah, I, I probably him. mispronounced it too. But um he, he was in something else I had saw recently. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And like, um, it's a TV show. Oh, apparently he's been an X-Men first class. He was yeah, in that's Startup. Startup. I saw him in Startup, too. Uh, oh, he was in yeah. Startup. Okay, yeah. on HBO. And he's like a, a, I think he's like Kenyan. He's a Kenyan dude. Um, I like him. I don't know. His character was whatever. And I guess my, like, Dan Cole, you're right. You know what? who else I feel like I'm like, I want to see more from? I feel like he's not getting his proper dues. I don't know what, what he needs to do, but. Damon Wayans Jr. Hell yeah! It's like I want him to be bigger than he is because I love yeah. it. I think he's great and everything. He's I doing. think he's doing all right, and honestly, I think he's going the um, Keenan route, Keenan Ivory Wayans route. So, um, as in, he can pick and choose his front screen stuff, but I think he's doing a lot of behind the uh, screen stuff. But I mean, yeah, I'd like to see Dan- Damon Wayans do more, but honestly, I don't think he's hurting, man. I think if he wants to be, I think it's a little kind of Chris Tucker situation, right? It's like sometimes you're like, man, we need to get some more Chris Tucker. And it's like, well, not because folks ain't wanting to see Chris Tucker. It's because he's good, right? So I'm, I'm at least, maybe that's what I tell myself, that <laughs> I think Damon Wayans Jr. is good. Because because remember, he was in High Demand. Remember, he was on like two shows, uh, New yeah. Girl. That was like and- damn near a decade ago. That's wild. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I know you're talking. He was on New Girl, and he was on that and that happy, happy endings and happy endings like simultaneously. And they're like, oh, he's a black guy. 
And I was like, oh shit, he's about to be the it black guy. And then like, you know, I'd see him kind of peppered in everywhere. It kind of always tripped me out because he looks exactly like Damon Wayans. Exactly. But he's got great comedic timing. He killed the shit out of this movie. Very underrated. So I also think... You know what another weird comparison is that my homie uh, pointed out? Never would have thought about this, right? This is a black country western version of Harry Potter. Like my man's parents literally die in the first scene and he's got a scar in his forehead. Oh my god! My Theo, you are dropping dogs, Theo. Theo, I am sorry. You just told me that the director is Seal's brother, and now you're giving me this is the Harry Potter judge. His parents die in the beginning, and he gets a scar in his forehead. <laughs> yeah. So bro. Zazzy beats Hermione. And is it Zazzy? I've always been reading it as I, I don't know. I mean, we don't we don't Zazzy. Is that one of the questions is like low point? Because I got to be honest. <laughs> I, and then, don't get me wrong. Zazie Beats is gorgeous. She is beautiful. I follow, I follow just a Zazie Beats hashtag on Instagram. Just so every <laughs> once in a while, I just get to see her beautiful self in my Instagram. Have you seen her IMDb profile, IMDb profile picture? Mm-mm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. But two things. I don't know if you guys heard about the controversy around how she was casted for this. But like, oh, because like the real person is dark skinned. Yeah, well, I mean, the real person looks more like Leslie. Um, what's your name from Saturday yeah. Night Live? Like, yeah, she was a big, dark skinned, big black woman, and so it's like, why did y'all, why did y'all cast this light skinned lady, this light skinned frail lady, as this big dark black woman? But it's like, well, these are real character, or real people, but like a fictional setting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, like, there were dark skinned. Uh, Cowboys that were played by light skinned cowboy, you know, like no, they, yeah, no. This is this about. is not this is not Zoe Saldana playing. Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, like yeah, Nina Simone. It's Nina not Nina Simone. As, yeah, it's, it's not, not that. that. It's not, it's that. not yeah. as egregious as that. However, I will say I had to suspend a lot of disbelief with Zazie Beats in this movie because it was just like, no, you don't whooping, look... Whooping, like, butt. Yeah. <laughs> right. She had to beat Regina King's ass. I was like, she don't look like she got hands like that. The way at the beginning of the movie, whenever she's like, whenever she comes out, she's like stomping her little gun and singing that song. And I was I like... I think that, that was it, really her scene, though. It just didn't... I mean, either way, it just didn't feel like... It didn't feel authentic. It was like, yo, you have never... Like, this does not... Like, you're not embodying this. And they should they should have dirtied her up. You know how like Damon Wayne's Jr. character, this nigga had he fucked did up dirty. front teeth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, yeah. but with her, it was like, yo, like you look like a model in like the 1800s, <laughs> like a modern day model in the 1800s. Also <laughs> happens to be like a badass who can fight. Like, come on, like I need I needed a backstory on her to believe that shit. You know what I mean? Like, so I could see honestly, it would have been cool. It would would have been subversive if like the leading lady was like a gangster ass big ass black chick you know what i mean like <laughs> but you know besides like, beautiful like so leslie odom right right exactly <laughs> i think leslie odom would have been great in it she was great in coming to america from earlier this year so all right um so here's a fun question this may be our last one uh if you have a gang and you're you're transported into this movie you got to create your own game. It's going to be five of y'all total, so you can pick four characters from this movie. 
who are your four characters that you're choosing to, to be your squad to roll with? So mine aren't all from the same side, but I just picked like the people that I thought were the most badass and had the best hands. Um, and mine were J- Cherokee Bill, um, Nat Love, Rufus Buck, and Jim Beckworth. Uh, okay, okay. Why Jim? Why I'm Jim Beckworth? I'm, I'm curious about Jim Beckworth. Why? Why him? Because he had the fastest hands, man. I mean. Cherokee Bill caught him on that bullshit, but um, oh wait, you know. Jim Beckworth is RJ. Yeah, damn, yeah. Me, that was me, Jim Beckworth. Wait, wait, so can you give me your four again? Yeah, Cherokee Bill, Nat Love, Rufus Buck, and Jim Beckworth. Maybe you got the same four. Yeah, man, <laughs> they, they was the best ones, man. They, they all had. <laughs> They all had them hands, man. I mean, I don't want to be, like, misogynistic. I wish I could have thrown a lady in there. I'd probably throw Cuddy in there or something like that, too. She could be, like, you know, substitute or something yeah, like that she... or, uh, or, or uh, you know, yeah, six, alternate like six man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's funny, but y'all do, like, the, the whole point was that out of Jim Beckworth, Cherokee Bill, and Cuddy. Who survived? The, the fastest one ultimately Who? was Cuddy. Yep. Like I'm getting cutty on my how team. Was she, how was she the fastest one? Because <laughs> I mean, she killed. She Cherokee killed. Bill. She killed Cherokee Bill because she. Was but faster Cherokee than Bill, him. Cherokee Bill wasn't faster than uh, um, than Jim Beckworth. Jim Beckworth because you don't know yeah. that. First no, off, you don't Cher- know that. What's you know, he, he, Cuddy yeah, said? Granted, he was granted, right. Yeah, you don't know that for sure because there wasn't. It wasn't a fair fight. Honestly, like. He probably was. <laughs> In the way yeah. that he, he slides up those other people, he probably was faster than Jim Beckworth. Jim Beckworth was just so pressed to try to show everybody and was talking too much shit and taking <laughs> and like trying to make this grandiose. The same time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this nigga is taking a long ass time to count down from five right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if Cherokee Bill wasn't faster, he was smarter than this nigga. This nigga was bound to be killed from day one. So I don't know, for me, <laughs> so much hubris, too much I'm chilling, hubris. I'm chilling, I'm chilling, I'm choosing Cuddy first and foremost, cause she fucking killed Cherokee Bill. Then I'm choosing <laughs> Cherokee Bill. Then I'm not, I, I'm probably, shit, I'm probably going with um, Nat Love and Trudy Smith. I kind of want Rufus Black, but like, honestly, Trudy, Trudy shouldn't have lost that. She didn't lose that fight. It was, I, it was just like I don't know what happened. The last thing that yeah, happened was like, Dave Cook just screams, and it was like, "All right, that's the end of that scene." It's like, nah, yeah. like I will say though, though when uh, when Zazie beats hit her with the back of the butt of that rifle and like swung it and hit her head, I was like, "Dude, they had some vicious violent scenes in, in this in this movie." Like specifically uh, when Idris Elba was getting him with, uh, with Dion Cole, that was like graphic. Yeah, I think they did something cool. Like, I think they had a GoPro on the pistol because there is one shot where it's like you see like him pistol whipping, yeah, from like the angle of the pistol. And it's like, how did we do? I didn't do that. I think they had a little <laughs> camera on there. There was a lot of really cool cinematography in this shit too. I was like, yeah, I'm appreciating this. So, um, <clears throat> well, I mean, just kind of in closing before we kind of go to uh, just kind of speak a few moments on. Um, uh, an actor's spotlight. Uh, what would you kind of say? Just kind of, uh, you know, we ain't Cisco and Ebert, but we just kind of give us kind of a 
you know, would you give this two thumbs up yourself? Would you give this one thumb up and then maybe one thumb down because there are some things that you think he wasn't feeling? Or if it was up to you, would you just give it two thumbs down? What about you, Malcolm? I would give it a thumbs up. I thought it was a great movie. Two thumbs up or one thumb up? I would give it two thumbs up. It was awesome. I'd watch it again. What about you, Thea? I mean, personally, it was a movie made for me. So it's like, I would give it two thumbs up, but I don't know. I I don't know if I would recommend it to just anybody, especially like big film heads. I, I would say that the problem for me was just the lack of character development on the good guy side. <laughs> like, I was just like, these <laughs> these characters are dry as hell. I like my two least favorite characters are probably Nat Love and Stagecoach Mary, and they're supposed to be the leads. Mm-hmm. So for that, you know, I guess I'll give it a, a a two one thumb one and a half thumbs up. I guess just because I know okay. that I, there were some areas that could have you can't you, you can't give it a full heart. Right. I, I would give it two thumbs up, and you know what? I'll just kind of put this to the comparison. You remember uh, when I was going to college at the University of Tennessee? I was down south. You were going to high school in Detroit. I come up and see you, and I'd be listening to Little John. And three six, he'd be like, "Man, it's down south music. It ain't about that substance." He'd <laughs> be listening to like a tribe called Quest and Roots, and I'm like, "All right, man, all right, yeah, I like this stuff." But I'm like, "But Lil John made me jump up in the club. I don't know what he's talking about, but yo, you know, we jump in the club." So I guess I would put this metaphor with this movie is yeah, yeah. There was some obvious, I think, holes in regards to character development, but man, you know what? It was like that popcorn for me. It was that like, yo. Just give me what I want to see on a Friday night. Give me some cool music, some cool visuals. I thought the visuals were so great in this. Cool actors, and then just looking cool and a whole a much a few cool different scenes. So, and again, that next day I probably couldn't tell you a detail of what the plot was, but if you would have asked me, did I enjoy it and would I recommend it, I would have said that. So, but um, yeah, I give it two full thumbs up. Um, but Again, I wasn't looking for be no Oscar movie. <laughs> I was just trying to look to enjoy it and have a good time. So what's the theme of, as we just kind of mentioned, what we're trying to do with this podcast is not only just kind of talk with each other about movies that we enjoy and put a spotlight on people of color that are in, um, that are acting in film and TV now, but we also want to give a spotlight onto uh, certain filmmakers uh, and actors and artists of color. So um, I was kind of like walk through um, <clears throat> one person in particular, Jonathan Majors, who is the lead of this. And the reason in particular I thought it'd be a good per, uh, time to focus on him is one, obviously he's the lead, uh, but two, I think he's um, at an interesting point in his career right now. And I, honestly, I think he's on his way to uh, be uh, going somewhere in front. So I was going to try to walk through, maybe first off, talking through his IMDb. Um, Theo, Malcolm, I, I encourage you, I want to kind of get some of you guys' thoughts and feedback on that. But, I mean, for those who aren't as familiar with uh, Jonathan Major's work, um, as Malcolm mentioned earlier, I think um, his most recent activities has been in, um, in Lovecraft Country, the series on HBO Max. Um, and, but his most big breakout, uh, through breakthrough role was acting in the last black man in San Francisco. Um, that's what he did. And then after working in the last black man in San Francisco, he then was in the five bloods, uh, with Chad Bozeman, which was a Spike Lee joint. 
um, gained some recognition there. Um, and he's most recently been in, again, the Loki series, and he's actually entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, um, but if, if I will tell you my perspective on him is, before the pandemic, I never, he was not on my map. Um, I did see last Black Man in San Francisco. I am going to be honest, though. I remember the other actor, the other lead a little bit more than him. I'm embarrassed to say that, right? Um, but he definitely got on my map uh, uh, on Lovecraft Country. Um, I thought he had a presence just in the trailers and in the movie and in the shows that I watched in the episodes. Um, and also that show was just kind of like SDO said, that was made for me. Um, we, we you guys had any initial thoughts in regards to like y'all's exposure, um, seeing any of his work? Are you guys, you think Malcolm, you said you, you haven't really seen him in anything. Have you been relatively familiar with uh, Jonathan Theo? Yeah, man, I can't stop talking about him. I, like he's been on my radar more and more. I definitely got on my <laughs> radar heavy with Lovecraft Country. I remember seeing him in The Five Bloods. I still haven't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, but recognize him from that. You haven't? Um, I no, I'm intentionally like I, I've been avoiding that. I have some issues with. Isn't like, it you know, ironic? Yeah, don't you it's, think? Like a, it's like a white director, uh, na- like directed a movie called Last Black Man in San Francisco. Just not never been super. But you know, it was, it. but it was written by the brother, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that. I think I after you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'll probably see it at some point. But no, nah, man. Honestly, he's like, I'm excited for him. I'm more excited for him than like. Did like his his competitors, I guess, or like kind of like his contemporaries being like Michael B. Jordan as the leading black man. I think he's somebody who's got like a he's like a solid ass actor. He's got a different look. I literally had to ask Anj, my wife. I was like, is he? I mean, is he good looking? Like, cause I could I couldn't oh. see, it, but she was like, she was like, oh no, yeah, he's good looking. I was like, oh cool, because at first he kind of looks like he'd be an ugly dude, but I, I think the ladies. I didn't have to ask Rhonda, especially after he takes his shirt off. Yeah, I didn't have to ask Rhonda if he's if she finds him attractive. And I think I, I think <laughs> what got me into into more, I think GQ or somebody did like a little mini documentary or something. It was like a day in the life of like Jonathan Majors, and he's just like he was like, yeah, I wake up at six, I hoop, then I meditate for two hours, and then I like eat a, like a whole organ. I was like, damn, this thing is like like life goals like type thing, but he seemed cool. <laughs> Like, he seemed cool. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. Like, all right. And also, he I don't know if it's intentional. Or I think he just keeps getting cast in parts where, like, he gets to, like, have, like, uh, nappy-ass hair. And I'm like, yes, nigga. Dude. Make nappy-ass hair look. Dude, I'm never uh, going to get a haircut again. No. You know who's, a, you know who's ahead of him on that? Zazie Beats. <laughs> Zazie Beats is like, every character I'm going to act as, their hair going to be like this. It's going to be right. Afro. All right. over the place. Right. right. That's yeah. just how my characters roll. So. Yeah, man. Nah, I'm excited for him. And honestly, oh, I'm actually just found out uh this week that he's gonna be in Creed 2. Um no, no, you're getting you're getting ahead, bro. You're getting ahead. What? You're getting ahead. How am so. I getting ahead? I thought we were talking about Jonathan Majors. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right, man. I was trying to get a little for him, but with that, yeah, you're right, man. Uh you found out he's in Creed 2. Yeah. And I'm excited for him to play the bad, the villain boxer in Creed 2. Bruh, I'm right there with you. So here's my thing. I was the exact same way. I knew he was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was great. He, he was in one episode of Loki. I highly recommend it. So um, so and good. so he's actually going to be, it sounds like he's going to be the new big bad in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
And so I'm all excited about this. I'm like talking to Rhonda. She doesn't care. I'm like, man, <laughs> this dude, he's going to be like the big bad Thanos. And I'm all excited about that. And then I honestly, I had the same experience with you. I was looking through his IMDb. I'm like, what's he got upcoming? And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah <laughs> and it's like come on now you know he ain't gonna be his friend or <laughs> right or an agent it's gonna be Wait. michael b jordan freak for his first first hit so i'm like i'm in so oh shit it is creed three i mean yeah i was like there's creed two i'm like creed two's already out what? oh sh- i forgot about creed two i was yeah, like- he fought drop in creed two he fought drago's son Oh uh, man, I I think I'm gonna go back and watch that again too, just to like get get up on it. But yes, man, yeah. that's uh I and now I'm like that's I I got I want to get a boxer's body. So now I'm like even more so like all right, Jonathan Majors has got a boxer's body. I gotta fucking I'm gonna Bruh, get into virtual I'm, reality I'm, boxing. I'm, I'm gonna have a boxer's body after I get that Oculus. Yeah, bro, get the Oculus. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> get these 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 boxer bodies. <laughs> get that after get that Facebook sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah man so there's a lot of cool things did you know he was a method actor no i did not um way he kind of got his break into the industry um <clears throat> his father was in uh his father was in the air force so he moved around um a bit and he actually went to high school and grew up in dallas texas well in the dallas texas area so south of it cedar hill duncanville um, I used to spend some time down there. Um, but he's got some, I won't say North Carolina roots, but um, education-wise, he ended up going to the North Carolina School of Arts. So I'm um, not familiar with which city in North Carolina, but you, we all know that we got some North Carolina roots, right? So I, was, I thought that was really cool. I was like, all right, okay, I see you. Um, but um, after going to um, getting his undergrad at North Carolina School of Arts, he then... Um, got his master's at Yale University, working in their actors uh, uh, organization. And again, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but man, like some big heavy hitters have been coming out of uh, Yale University's acting studio, um, specifically uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Um, uh, I'm embarrassed to say, I can't remember his name, but old boy who plays Paperboy, he, he went to Yale. He talks about that a lot. And um, <clears throat> old boy who played Ubuntu, and uh, the like, the other tribal leader in Black Panther, um, he went to Yale as well. So it's kind of like uh, cool seeing like all these like you know uh, people of color coming out of like this this Yale academic class. I honestly think, man, he's got a future. Dude, you, you were talking about it earlier. I think they're setting him up to be kind of like the one of the new guys, right? Kind of like the new generation. Dare I say, Denzel and Will Smith. We already knew who's going to be the new Denzel, his son, right? So, but I feel like, and I, I hate to say this, and it's not a replacement, but it's just kind of like, I do, I, I think that some, a lot of Hollywood execs are seeing, oh man, uh, this Chadwick Boseman, we got a gap here. Man, I think Jonathan Majors may be a good person to fill that void, so. Um, but yeah, so he had uh, a great breakthrough. Um, again, and I think that uh, really him getting his exposure in the last planet, black brand, last black man in San Francisco, um, then leading to Lovecraft Country and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and ultimately on to uh, the Rocky Creed universe. Uh, I think that uh, Jonathan Majors is going to be in our uh, 
in our cinematic life uh, for the good future um, at the very least. So I'm excited about him. And um, again, I'm glad to hear that he's kind of at a very interesting point in his career. Um, uh, one last note that I found pretty interesting reading an article from him. Uh, he said that Idris Elba, for a lack of better words, kind of mentored him during this uh, during this shoot. And um, he wasn't wild. He initially did not see himself uh, going into the MCU to play the superheroes. But uh, um, Idris Elba, who originally played in the Thor movies, he was like, hey, man, it's a good experience. You should do it. And um, Idris was not only given experience just on MCU, but then also specifically giving him advice on, hey, what is it like to be an up and coming A-lister person of color? Um, a black man of color um, in the Hollywood industry and what does that come with and what are some of the pros and cons and responsibilities. So I thought that was pretty um, enlightening and uplifting to hear that um, in certain many ways that uh, Idris Elba was kind of taking Jonathan Majors under his shoulder and he even sees that, right? He kind of literally seems like, hey man, you're the future. So I'm going to give you some guidance on how you need to go about that. Um, those are some of my closing thoughts. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts on whether, you know, Jonathan Majors, the film, or anything before we um, wrap this up? Well, you know, I think it's interesting, like, you know, you bring up, like, Idris Alba and, uh, you know, Jonathan Mayer, Major, like Majors him being, like, a mentor to him and stuff, because, you know, obviously Idris Alba has more clout because, like, I didn't even know, oh, I didn't really even know about him until this movie, but they got Idris Alba on the cover. Like he's like the main guy and like, he's not the main guy. It's Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, but that just kind of shows like the lasting impact that like Idris Alba has kind of had on the game, how long he's been in the game. Like, you know, how he's been like the main A-list, like, like black actor. Well, not Stringer the main Bell, one, but yeah, you know, Stringer for Bell. a while now. So it's like, even when he's like not the main guy, like he's like, gonna be the marketing tool to get people to watch the movie because they're like oh I mean, he's was in this let me check it out we well, also got her you also got he should be the new james bond but i ain't gonna get into all that he yeah. should be james bond my bad yeah no, no no i was gonna say well also i i'm curious to see where you're seeing advertising for this malcolm because like if it's on netflix they have multiple thumbnails or poster image posters that they use to drive you to click on something so Personally, I haven't been seeing Idris Elba on The Heart of They Fall. I've been seeing Regina King because based on my history of shit that I watch on Netflix, it's like, hey, you know Regina King. And if you're like older generation, that's who, who might be more of a draw to get you inside of it than even Idris Elba. If you're younger, then it may be somebody else. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, they, they, they really like had it from so many angles with who they could... Uh, market this towards you with they even had freaking we didn't even talk about delroy lindo delroy lindo is like an og <laughs> in the game we, we're talking I mean? about you and you was picking up food oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. but yeah like um i don't know like they just they, they touched on so many different things i didn't I think, understand his character though was he just uh, like the old he dude like, <laughs> he, was a, he was a sheriff that i guess is really hated rufus black more than he hated nat love even though it was like nigga like I don't know. It, hey, okay. Actually, I think you like explain that very concisely. So thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, it was interesting. That, like, cause I'm usually, sometimes I feel like plots are pretty convoluted and it, and it kind of gets me and I'm hard, it's hard to follow. 
this one was an easier for me, easier plot for me to follow. So I was surprised to say that y'all y'all weren't getting it at the beginning. But I don't know, like, I don't know. It was it was it was a good film, and I think you know the meme that sums it up for me that I really like. I've been seeing is like uh, Quentin Tarantino is like shaking in his boots after watching Heart. <laughs> the harder they fall, and realizing that you can make a black. They figured it out. They figured a black, it out. Right without without using the N word. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I you're right. right. I ain't no nimcompoo. Right. Yeah, it's like, damn, like, that's funny because, like, the, the dopest representation that I'd seen, like, the, the coolest, like, funnest representation I'd seen of yeah. Black Cowboys since this was Django. But, like, I'm, I'm quickly now, like, over Django now. I'm like, nah, this is the joint here. And it, and it wasn't really any... That's the thing with Django. It was still, like, a lot of white-ass characters in it. It was like, there was no real white character in some people on the train yeah i mean but like even with them it wasn't like they were real they were just you know what i mean they didn't have yeah. like roles past those one scenes and it was like it was cool to to really just have like a black movie that could play to a commercial audience but really not have any roles for white people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like hamilton i guess <laughs> i mean i guess but yeah, they were play- <laughs> but they were playing not really. People, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so no, not like yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, not like Hamilton. <laughs> right, that would be fucked up if they're like, nah, we're just gonna find a bunch of old white cowboys and <laughs> and just use black. I'm like, no, I don't care about seeing fucking. I don't even know who white cowboys are to be honest. That's the thing too, and I was just trying to explain this to my Buffalo homies. Bill, like, White Earp. I, right, right. That's what I was trying to explain to my homie. He's like Japanese, right? And he just, I was like, yo, like, it's annoying because it's like you see these black westerns as like a specific, like they're it's like, oh, they're turning the western genre on its head. It's like, well, actually, are they the first? Yeah. The first cowboys were black people, so if anything, they're just finally doing justice to the authenticity of a western movie by making it be predominantly black people. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, I don't think people realize that, that like that's cowboys were like a, were like slaves. You know what I mean? Like, like that was like a look down, look the pound job until like fucking the sixties and shit. When they started making all these <laughs> Western movies and making cowboys into superheroes and like, well, if they're going to be superheroes, I gotta be white. <laughs> Let's just steal the names of cool black cowboys and then make them white. <laughs> that's sorry. That's my, uh, that's that's my uh, soapbox for the day. But <laughs> overall, I fucked with the movie heavy. My favorite black western movie is still Gang of Roses with uh, Lil Kim and Stacey Dash. But this is still good. I don't know if you're being ironic. <laughs> he, is. You even- he is. He's joking. He's joking. <laughs> I'm surprised. Have you seen that movie? Nah, yes. but I'm looking into it right now. I think, I, think Lisa, I, I think Lisa Ray was in that. Lisa Ray was in that. Lisa Ray, Stacey Dash. Lil' Kim. Who else? Am I missing somebody? Monica Calhoun. Oh, yeah. Monica Calhoun from Best uh, from, from Best Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I kind of want to watch that. Wait, it, I think I, I just Googled Gang of Roses and Gang of Roses 2 came up. That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh, my God. This is... Woo. So, so, uh, oh, that shit. Note, that's got Amber Rose in it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and <Tiana laughs> Taylor. Nigga, I'm watching this tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, thank you, everyone. It was a pleasure uh, you joined us for the first podcast. Um, but it looks like we're going to uh, watch Gang of Roses. And Malcolm, you need to watch some other westerns uh, besides those sci-fi ones. Maybe check out Tombstone. I also like Unforgiven. 
Thank you guys. And uh, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.